As Christians, we must be rooted in our Christianity. We must make a decision once baptized in Christ that we will not be easily swayed by what we experience in this life, be it in the physical or spiritual realm. Hi, I'm Femi Asabin, a preacher for the Church of Christ. In today's sermon, Stand, we will look at the importance of taking a stand and properly living our faith no matter what we experience in life. We will look at Ephesians 6, 10 through 18 to explore the importance of taking a stand in the Lord and the implications that it has on all aspects of our lives. I'm pretty sure that we're all familiar with Custer's last stand, how Custer took his soldiers and they say vigilantly stood against what he believed in for his army and he died in the process, but he was convicted in what he believed, which allowed him to take the position to where I'm willing to stand on this ground and give my life with my soldiers for the cause I'm fighting for. Standing, sometimes the most difficult thing that you'll do. Because when you stand, a lot of times all you have is your convictions. And you are faced, put in a position to where you might not come out ahead, you might not even look like you're thinking rationally by anybody else, but something causes you to take a position and hold it no matter what comes before you. So it takes a lot to stand at times. But you know it doesn't take a lot to waver, to fall, to sit, to lay down. And a lot of times those words are used to describe somebody who has no conviction, to describe somebody who is cowardly, somebody who is less than the optimal person to obtain or characteristics to possess. But there's something about standing, even when we recognize that a person is standing for a cause that we don't believe in, that's admirable. Because it shows that they're truly convicted with what they believe. And they're not willing to change no matter what is before them. It's a charge that's given to soldiers. Stand, hold your ground. No matter what the enemy is going to bring before you, all we must do is stand and hold this ground that we're on. And as Christians, we are given the same charge in Ephesians 6. Paul has went through why, what, and how our salvation is obtained through Jesus Christ being in his church that this church is the most powerful thing in all of the creation. Why? Because it is rooted in Christ who will be exalted above everything else in this world. And being Christians, we're added to this body that God is going to separate from all wickedness. And when we understand that, we're told that we are supposed to be a certain people a certain way and that we were all given the necessary tools in our talents, our abilities, and also the access that we have to the Spirit of God to be who God calls us to be. And when we have that, 
All we have to do is stand. And when he tells us to do that, it's in the context of where he's describing the, the armor of a soldier and the only weapon that we have is the word of God. Stand. And as Christians, sometimes it's difficult. Because a lot of times we find that we have to stand on our own. That standing on our own might mean we stand on our own together as a unit or on our own singular in this world. Because we find that as a church, we have positions that we just cannot waver on. Not because that's how we feel, but because that's what Scripture says. We'll find at times as, as a member of the body that we are in contexts to where we're the only person that's a member of the body. And we must not submit or lower ourselves to the common denominator so that we can fit in. We have to stand. Listen to how Paul concludes his letter to those in Ephesus. Ephesians 6, starting at verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end, with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Stand is all we're told to do. This world would say that we must fight. This world would say that we must go out and do all of these things to promote what we really believe in, but what God says is just stand there. Don't give up ground. Be faithful soldiers and believe in me. We're going to have opposition. That is should be just taken for granted. But our only charge as Christians is to be who God called us to be. While we go out promote the word, while we live right, the most Important thing that we can do is just stand. And why is that? Why is it the most important thing that we can do? Because in our standing, what we will actually do is bring light to this dark world. Because it's going to try to impede upon our, our Christianity. 
We don't have to go out because it's coming in. And when we stand and shine that light, that light will shine. And we will be doing what God wants us to do. Listen, listen, how do you stand though? Is it on our own might that we stand? Is it on our own understanding? No. How does he start off? Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. You see, when we stand and we have to understand where our strength comes from. Because you can take a stand in a conviction, in a, in, in a position that you, that you believe in, and your strength is based and rooted upon what you can do, what you know, how you feel, what you believe, but then you're not standing in God's might. You're not standing in God's power. You're really trusting yourself as opposed to trusting God. And when you step outside of standing in God's might, you don't have enough strength to fight, to stand against all the evil attacks of this world. Why? Because you haven't recognized where the true fight is at. You see, we think at times we're fighting flesh and blood. We're fighting people. But what does Paul say? We're actually fighting the devil. We're actually fighting principalities and powers, the rulers of the darkness of this age, wickedness in the heavenly places. We're fighting something that's otherworldly. We're fighting something that's not contained to flesh. We're fighting the opposition to God's will and way that has been here since the garden. We don't have enough knowledge. We don't have enough strength. We don't have enough stamina to fight on our own power. So unless we rely on God and his might, we're going to be defeated. Why? Because the devil has been doing this way before we were even thought of. And he's going to be doing this until God puts him in hell. We don't have the power to do that. We don't have the wherewithal to overcome Satan at his own game. But when we think that we do, we put ourselves in position to be beaten by him. And also, when we don't understand that it's with God's might that we're fighting, we're a little disillusioned about who the enemy is. Because what you have really done is you have taken the spiritual fight and put it in the flesh. And so when you think that I have the power to, to overcome, I have the power to fight, you also look at other people and think that you're fighting against them. You're not. We're fighting against spiritual elements. And when we recognize that, it's easier to see people for who they really are. They're just like us. They're trying to make it in this world. They're trying to do what they believe is right. And they might not understand who God is. And so we're fighting against their lack of understanding and not the person. And that makes it easier to convert people to what God has called us all to. 
Because when you recognize that I'm not fighting against a person, I'm fighting against their evilness, the Satan's influence in them, when that person gets a right understanding in Christ, you won't fight against them no more. But when you have made that fight against the person, no matter what they do, you're going to constantly fight that person because you see them as the problem, not the misguided spirit in them. Just think. If a person held us to who we were before we had matured in Christ, they're going to miss us. They're going to hold us to our lowest element. And they're going to misjudge us. They're going to improperly battle against a spirit that we no longer possess. But when they see us as, as somebody who's striving to do what God wants in a person that grows, they're going to recognize that the spirit in a person can be led by God to change. And I love a person. I just don't like the evil within them. I can separate the sin from the sinner. And that helps me to fight the sin and not the person who sins. So then I can teach a person better. Then I can love a person authentically because I know that with God guiding this whole process, we can overcome the devil, the principalities, the darkness, all of those things that are in the heavenly places that are in opposition to God that might locate themselves in a human we could fight that with God. And that human could change from ungodly to godly and be on our side as well and be willing to stand. So when we stand, we got to know where our strength comes from. And we also got to know who it is that we're really fighting. So we're in the right fight. So we're standing for the right thing and that we're not misguided by the very one whom we're supposed to be in opposition to. But when you consider that, we also consider, okay, I stand. And it's in God's strength. So with God's strength in me, how do I protect myself? Is it with wit? Is it with cunningness? Is it with knowledge? Is it with Whatever it is that we use from our human side to protect ourselves, is it even with my own strength? And we recognize that it's not none of those things. What is it that Paul says that we use to protect ourselves, we use to help us in this stand? It is truth, righteousness, the gospel of peace, Faith, salvation, the word of God, and prayer. Truth, righteousness, the gospel of peace, salvation, the word of God, and prayer. That's the best thing that we can use take a stand in this world. Truth. Honesty. Paul was saying earlier in this letter, be truthful in love. We, we got to understand that we have to put that caveat with it. 
because you can be truthful with somebody out of spite. We all know there's instances to where we told a person the truth because we didn't like them. We got mad with them, and then that's when we became honest. But that's not out of love. But truth out of love does what? It leads to a godly understanding and, and building somebody up with a godly intent. Now, that doesn't mean that it's not going to hurt at times. Because the truth shows error, and the truth leads to a proper understanding, which oftentimes means somebody has to change because they're misaligned with the truth. But truth is one of the weapons that we utilize. And when we know how to wield the truth properly in love and know what the truth is, we'll be able to stand. Why? Because we'll be able to know what lies are. We'll be able to understand the falsehoods that are out there. And we won't be swayed by any form of doctrine because we know what's right and we'll know what is wrong. The gospel of peace. It's interesting. As, as Paul gets to speaking of this gospel in the various of his letters, what he really lands this gospel is is that the gospel is the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, but also it's the fact that all men, Jew and Gentile, were called together in one in Christ Jesus. The peace element of the gospel. That Jesus died on the cross to reconcile us back to God. Peace, wholeness, completeness, what we were lacking, Jesus Christ died to give us and he did that in a way that everybody no matter who they are will be able to be saved by Christ and we have to be ready to present that message put it on your feet stand with it but be able be ready to be able to give that message to somebody who needs to hear it because we're going to come across a whole lot of mistruths a whole lot of lies and we must be able to disseminate the truth of the peace of the gospel. What the gospel's real intent is, it's not health and wealth. It's not a feely good, touchy feely type of message. It's a message that Jesus Christ died. And he died for all men. And that all men in Christ are one. And that all men in Christ will be exalted to the right hand of God when everything else in creation will be subjected under Christ's feet. That's why we can stand. Because we are afforded a victory that only God will provide, that only God can provide. And if we don't rely on God's strength to fight, to stand, we're going to be subjected under Christ's feet when God calls an end to this creation when we really have the ability to be at his right hand side in Christ Jesus. So truth, the gospel of peace, righteousness, just doing the right thing for the right reason. It's difficult in this world because a lot of people want to do their thing or they want to do what appears to be the right thing for the wrong reason. But as Christians, we're called to do what's right by God, no matter what situation we find ourselves in. 
So sometimes that might mean I help a person by giving them what's needed to help them understand God working in that situation. Sometimes that might mean I don't help a person to help them to understand that they need to get a connection with God so that they can build faith. But what guides that is an understanding of what God called us to do and to do righteous in all that we do. Because it's easy not to be righteous. It's easy to appear to be self-righteous. And it's easy to, to, to fake righteousness for man. We could look like we're doing right in front of each other all day. But who's really God in that? Who's really going to judge it? It's going to be God. So when we learn truth, when we have an understanding of this gospel of peace, we will know how to discern and to be what God called us to be in every situation. Why? Because we're led by His Spirit. He placed that in us when we were baptized. And the more we stand for what God has called us to stand for, the better understanding we'll have as a soldier. The more convicted we will be as a Christian. And the easier it will be to just stand in opposition of the enemy. Because it's not going to be easy and it's not supposed to be easy because if it were, then everybody would do it. And then when you do that, what keeps you from struggling? What keeps you from those attacks? Your faith. What is faith? Knowing God's word and trusting it. There's two different types of faith. There's subjective faith, the faith that you have. And then there's objective faith, faith in what God says that everybody is held to. You see, sometimes we confuse the faith that we have for the faith that God wants. But the faith that's really going to save us is a knowledge of God's word and trusting in it. Now, as we grow in life, as we mature as Christians, our faith deepens. But the faith of God stays the same. He's called all men to know his son Jesus and to trust in him through Christ. That's the only thing that protects us really in this world is knowing God's word and trusting in it. Because there's a lot of things that would come and that would, would cause us to question it. There's a lot of what he says, fiery darts that come in and causes Little cracks of doubt that if not worked through, grow bigger and bigger and bigger. And as Christians, our faith, our faith is what holds us secure. So if you're going through a hard time, is this a sign that God doesn't love me? If your faith is not deep, you might go down that rabbit hole and wind up somewhere you're not supposed to be. And you start saying that God's love is dependent upon my situation in life, which it's not. God's love is evident in the fact that he has given you breath. 
is that he has created you to have a relationship with him and he sent his son to die and to give you an eternal home in his presence because you have trusted in that fact and yes you're going to get blessed along the way but those blessings are not the full total sign of God's love because he reigns on the just and the unjust and if we was to measure our acceptance by God based upon a worldly standard we would miss the point because the devil at one point takes Jesus to a high mount and he shows him all the kingdoms of the world and he says I will give you all of these if you bow to me because God has given them into my control because God knows he's going to destroy all that stuff and if we base our acceptance on God's love based upon what God has given over to the devil we're going to miss the point and Jesus at one point says what good is it if a man gains the whole world and loses his soul or what will you give in exchange for your soul when God has told you, I have your soul and I'm going to bring it back to me. But don't look at your body, don't look at your flesh and say that this is an indication of God's acceptance. And that's just one aspect of some type of dart from the devil that could cause us to lose faith. And we could run the gamut of that and we'll find that there's a lot of things that attack our faith, that attack us and faith protects us through all of that. But we must, we must combat attacks on us with faith. People talking about us. What we have in this world. Where we were born at. Sometimes even misunderstanding of scripture. We must come to that in faith knowing that God is really seeking you, me, the world, and he's provided a way, and that our blessings are secured in him when we were baptized, given the Holy Spirit, and all that he's asking us to do is stand. Stand. And we will be okay. And all we have to fight with is the word of God. So you think about Jesus when he was tempted. The devil, smart, uses scripture. What does Jesus use? A proper interpretation of scripture. In our lives, what do we have to fight against people with? Scripture. That's the only thing that we have to fight against people with because when we start utilizing our own understanding, What's going to happen? Somebody's going to be smarter. Somebody's going to be funnier. Somebody's going to be more compelling. Somebody's going to come with a more emotional uh, response. There's going to be all these other humanly, fleshly, earthly things that nobody has the best. There's always somebody who's better. But if we rely on the word of God, nobody can defeat it. Even if they don't understand it, even if it's foolish to them, it's God's word, 
and he will make sure that his word does not go out void. So a person doesn't have to accept the message that we give them when it comes from God. Because God is going to guarantee that he will bring about the result, the, 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 the words that he said. And it's not upon us. So just stand. Say what God said and let that be that. That's how we stand. And then know your salvation is secured. When you're doing what God wants you to do, you do not have to waver because you got salvation. He said it's your helmet on your head, on your mind at all times that all that I'm going through, I stand for God, my salvation is secure, and I don't have to worry about nothing. Why? Because all these attacks that are coming against me, my faith is protecting me, it's shielding me from it. If somebody is trying to attack me and I go on the defense and I want to go on offense, all I do is give them the word of God. I have these good deeds on my breastplate that I go out and I perform because God has told me to do that and I have this gospel of peace that I'm ready to take everywhere and give to everybody I encounter and I do that with truth. I do that with love because I know that God is strengthening me. I know that that I can stand in God's might. And I know that what I'm fighting is not people, but it's these principalities, this darkness in the heavenly places that locates itself in people. And I don't ever want to be confused of that because at one point they were in me until I understood what God was calling all men to. And I submitted my will to God's will. And I was saved through baptism and being added to the church. And when I'm standing still, when I'm rooted in faith, when I'm doing what God wants me to do, I'm mindful of the other saints. So I'm praying in the spirit with all supplication for God to root other fellow Christians to help them to stand as well. What Paul specifically asked for is that he might be bold in his proclamation of the gospel. Why? Because he's in jail as he writes this letter. But he wants to be bold in proclaiming the gospel which we would look at and say, Paul, you are bold. You are in jail because you have preached the gospel in parts of the world where nobody has heard it and you've been persecuted. But Paul says, I need strength to do that. And I get that strength from your prayers. And so we all need to be mindful that even if a person looks like they're doing what God wants, we pray for them so that they can stand. When we are where God wants us to be, we pray for ourselves so that we can stand. Because we don't ever want to get to a place to where we're relying on our own strength. And that's going to set us up to fall. That's going to set us up to waver. That's going to set us up to lay down and not be who God called us to be. God's just calling us to take a stand for him. No matter how the battle looks, our victory is not in this life. 
when we recognize that, we can say, I'm willing to die right here, right now for what I believe and what I'm convicted in, no matter what the opposition is in front of me, no matter what anybody thinks, because I know that my God will vindicate me because I'm doing this the way he told me to do it, for the reason he told me to do it, because I know that he's going to keep me and my soul will not perish in hell but it will reside with him eternally and my faith will be vindicated and I will see my Lord and there will be no more sorrows, no more tears and I will hear well done my faithful servant that's why we stay that's why Paul wrote Ephesians to let the Christians know what this church that they had become a part of what it really meant that God was using the church to show to those powers in the heavenly places his infinite wisdom that he can still save a fallen people. But he's calling those fallen people to a purpose. And when we live out that purpose, we will see God and we will receive the reward that he has to offer all men who are faithful. And our hope and our prayer is that everybody here will see each other eternally in heaven because of the faith that we establish from coming here, from studying our Bible, from encouraging each other. And when we are apart and separate from each other, for praying for each other. And when we pray in private, we have a promise that God will hear and he will answer us publicly. So just think about that. Our prayer lives. We don't have to tell those people we're praying for them. <coughs> each other. It's encouraging, but we don't have to tell each other we're praying for each other. It's a little tongue-in-cheek, but you know how we know if God hears our prayers? Is if when we pray faithfully and we see the results of what we pray for. Everybody in here has asked for prayers at times. And all of our prayers have been answered. Why? Because God heard us. And he's trying to solidify our faith so that we can stand for what he wants. Because he knows that there's a lot of evil in this world that's in opposition to him. And he doesn't want us to falter. Because we have a promise that we won't lose unless we choose to. And I hope we never do. I'm not sure where that sermon leaves you. My prayer is that you will contemplate it and incorporate it into your Christian life. If you're not a Christian, I ask, what's stopping you? God sent his son, Jesus, to freely extend the gift of salvation to all who will follow him. To get that salvation, one must follow the example set out in scripture. The book of Acts, which details the church's beginnings and expansion, shows us biblical examples of those who were saved. A good place to look is in Acts 2. You get Peter preaching the first gospel sermon and the response of those who heard and believed his message. They repented and were baptized, which added them to the church Christ established. The Bible only teaches of one church. 
If you want to be added to it, go to your local Church of Christ and tell them your desire to be washed of your sins and to live a godly life. Study your Bible, put its teachings to practice, and you will make heaven your home.